the virtuous woman. Um, so all you men, you don't need to walk out. You can learn from this too. What is a virtuous woman? A wife or in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Proverbs, we'll be reading from Proverbs 31. It, it says uh, the virtuous wife. Um, and so, yes, a wife of valor. And it includes some of this definition of virtue is all forms of excellence. And uh, so whether you are a wife or uh, just or uh, a virtuous woman or you're wondering what is a virtuous woman, uh, this is for you. We can all learn these principles together. We have this verse, uh, the last or verse in, in Proverbs 31, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. There's your first clue on what a virtuous woman is. One who fears the Lord. Now this morning, I'm just so grateful for all the virtuous women we have around us. We have been blessed with virtuous mothers. And just here in this place, there are so many virtuous women, young and old, and uh, everything in between. And I just appreciate that this morning. And so this morning, this isn't just, I don't want this to be a, a thing of um, what you women need to be. <laughs> but more of a celebration of your virtue and what you have been and what you have becoming, what you are, have been becoming. And so, uh, again, my mind goes to the uh, stereotypical description of the comparison between male and female. Uh, women tend to be self-abasing. Uh, men can do that too, but... Uh, I've said many times that where, where men can turn anything into a compliment, women will take it the worst way possible. So, virtuous woman, oh, that's not me. Or uh, you, the classic example of you've got a delicious casserole and somebody asks, what's in the casserole? And, and the, the typical male will respond with, it's good, isn't it? And the typical female, this is, of course, stereotyping, will say, why, what's wrong with it? So let's not do that this morning. Let's celebrate uh, godly womanhood and uh, just uh, learn more about it. Uh, just a few points here to start with for you ladies. Um, it's very, very important to, to uh, reject lies. We'll just say it that way. To believe the truth and, and repeat the truth. And, uh, well, should I make you say this out loud, or should we, uh, yeah, let's all say this together, men and women, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. It is time we renounce all lies from the enemy. Uh, the world's definition, and even us as people, we are so extremely narrow-minded. 
We need to go with God's definition of beauty. We are so narrow-minded, and, and, uh, but God sees beauty in all his creation. He doesn't just see beauty, but it's what he has created is very beautiful. God, we need to go with God's definition of beauty and uh, stop making comparisons. So please uh, take that to heart. I have God's glory. Repeat with me. I have God's glory as being created in his image, as being filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, as females uh, demonstrating the mother heart of God. Yes, God is, uh, is, is, is male in, in Scripture. According to Scripture, God is described as male. But he also, we have many analogies, or several analogies anyway, of him as female, as a, as a, as a mother. Jesus said, how often I would have gathered my people together under my wings as a, as a, as a hen does her chicks. Um, that's the, the mother heart of God, and you as virtuous women have the privilege of of uh, uh, representing God's heart. Males represent God's heart in, one way, in some ways. Females can represent God's heart in other ways. <clears throat> Third thing, my role is a place of privilege and opportunity. My role is a place of privilege and opportunity. You know, just what I've been saying, representing God, uh, we have the bride analogy, Christ and the church. The church is Christ's bride. And uh, us men have a hard time uh, with, that's, that's, I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, that analogy, uh, you as, as, as virtuous women, you can, Picture yourself as a bride, and so you can have a clearer picture than us men on how the church should relate with Christ. And, and we as men need, need help with that, because I've never dreamed of being a bride, all right? I was just said that way. But as a part of the church, his body, his bride, we are his bride. And, and you who naturally dream of being a sought-for and beloved bride can help us men on, on how the church should relate to Christ. Tremendous privilege and opportunity. You, you have the influence of submission, and that is huge. The influence of submission. I don't, want have, don't have time to go into all of that. The other thing is you, you can have the restfulness of being under authority. That restful spirit where you are under your husband or you're under, you've willingly placed yourself under godly spiritual leadership, male spiritual leadership, and there's a restfulness that you can experience that gives you a freedom and a beauty that uh, us men can, can only dream about. That there is a tremendous privilege and opportunity when you're under that, you willingly place yourself under that authority. You know, he can make 
wrong decisions and it's not your problem. Oh yeah, you might have to suffer for it, but, but it's not your problem. You don't have to control anything. You, if your husband says, unless it's obviously unscriptural, but if your husband makes a wrong decision, you don't even have to answer to God for it. He does. So find the freedom, enjoy that freedom and restfulness in that place. The fourth point I want to bring here is I have more power and influence than I know. Now, you ladies, you repeat this with me. I have more influence and power than I know. I said it backwards. Again, I'll, I'll follow my own text. I have more power and influence than I know. Now, we don't want to take much time on this. We want to quickly go on. Um, but this is true. You as ladies have more power and influence than you know. And let me just uh, explain it this way. Proverbs talks about the strange woman, the wicked woman, that she is like a stairway to hell. That's power. That's influence. That's the wicked woman, the strange woman, the promiscuous woman. You know the destruction that a woman like that can bring, the power that a woman like that has. You know the destruction the power of gossip and, and, and even curiosity that can cause so much trouble and, and meddling and uh, controlling women have had so much destructive power in families and churches. Much power and influence. If that is the case for the wicked woman, it's also the case for the virtuous woman, the power, the influence, the, 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 the uh, ability, the infinite power to make, to make men and others around her successful. Tremendous power in the virtuous woman. Tremendous to do good, to build, to influence well by being in your place. You know, as, as being second, in the, the person who is second in command often has more power and influence than the one who is first in command. Uh, I don't understand how all that works, but I know it is, it is the case. The one who is second co in command often has more power and influence than, than, the, than the top dog. This is why it is so important to have pure and unselfish motives. This is why it is so important to be virtuous women, to have good character. Please turn your Bibles, if you're not there already, to Proverbs 31. And we want to uh, read this scripture and learn from it. <clears throat> Proverbs 31, <clears throat> beginning in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman, a virtuous wife? That's quite a question. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. Verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. 
She seeks wool and flax and willingly works, willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now, if you could just keep, stay there in, in your Bible, and we'll go through here verse by verse. Uh, verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman? That's quite a question, isn't it? So the point I want to make with this is that it's too rare. A virtuous woman is rare. And so again, naturally, you ladies will say, well, it's rare, so I'm probably not one. I'm probably, and you think about all the ways that you're not virtuous. That's not what we're going to do this morning. We're going to celebrate the ways that you are virtuous, and God help us to become more virtuous. You are virtuous women. See yourself as virtuous women. Who can find a virtuous woman? So when you ladies are saying, uh, I'm probably not one, the men are saying, well, it depends. What, I don't know what your experience has been, but, but a man will say, oh, I can find one. Doesn't that sound like a man? Well, I can find one. Can you? Can you? Or you single man, well, I thought I found one, but then she didn't like me, so she must be wicked. All right? No. The point is God can find. God can make a virtuous woman. God is the one that can find one for you men. Uh, Proverbs 19.14, houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Young men, trust God for a virtuous woman. He's the one that can bring one to you, and he's the one that makes 
women virtuous. Now, again, what was Solomon? We believe Solomon wrote this. What was he asking when he said, who can find a virtuous woman? Was he say, saying, he can't find one? There's a verse in Ecclesiastes where he, when he was talking about wisdom and, and reason and all of this stuff, and he said, I can find one man among a thousand, but I haven't found a woman. Can't find any women. I'm not sure what he was saying there, but... Um, or was it, was he saying, I can't find one? And this was just in his imagination? And uh, I think about the Old Testament and, and the New Testament. I know there was virtuous women in the Old Testament, but maybe this is a picture of, of what we can experience in the New Testament. Now that we have Christ within, we have the Holy Spirit and all the virtue that, that, that we're able to experience. Maybe I let my mind go too far, too many places on that. But the point, the main point I think we need to get is it's too rare. But I also want to say that God can find, God can make the the. God can make a person virtuous. We'll just say it that way. All right. Also in verse 10, we see that the virtuous woman is valuable. Far above rubies. Worth more than what man, the most valuable things that a man could value. A virtuous woman is worth more. I believe personally that woman is God's highest creation. You know, God started creating and creating, creating and creating. He created man, and then he created woman, and that was, you could have other theories why he quit creating at that point, but I believe it was his highest creation. Highest creation. Valuable. All right, let's look at verse 11 and 12. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She is trustworthy. The virtuous woman is trustworthy. And again, uh, the virtuous unmarried woman is also trustworthy. This is just using, uh, to me, this is just using the, the virtuous wife and, and the one closest to her that is able to trust her. Virtuous woman's husband trusts her heart that she will be faithful to do her best. And he trusts that she will do him good. Do him good financially. Do him good relationally. That she will be for his best interest spiritually. And she will do his reputation good. She will do good with his investments, with his goals, and with his opinions. She will support 
and do him good, he can trust her. He can trust her to not be controlling. He can trust her to not take matters into her own hands. He can trust her to not run ahead of him and interfere with, with his business. He can trust her to not make uh, decisions without consulting him. Important decisions without consulting. He can trust her because she is virtuous. And uh, again, we'll come back to what makes her this way later. <clears throat> Verse 4, or, or number 4, uh, this is willingly industrious. Now, there's a number of verses here that uh, talk about her being willingly industrious. Verses 13 through 22, quite a few verses here. She seeks uh, wool and flax, verse 13, and willingly works with her hands. And then 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22, all those talks about her industriousness. And then also verse, verse 24 says, talks about her industriousness. And uh, so she's industrious. But the big thing is, I, I, I like that word in verse 13, willingly. She willingly works hard. That's, that's beautiful. With eager delight, not complaining. All right, the next thing. She's sacrificial and unselfish. Look at verse 15. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. So she's doing this for other people. For other people. She is sacrificial and unselfish. Verse 18 talks about her sacrifice late at night. Look at that. And verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor. She is unselfish. She's not trying to get it all for herself. She extends her hand to the poor, and she reaches out her hands to the needy. Sacrificial and unselfish. The next one is she's a wise investor. Look at verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She's a wise investor. She makes good investments this uses an earthly investment as an example, but I believe with all my heart that a, a virtuous woman makes eternal investments. Good eternal investments. She humbles herself in a way that, that uh, enables relationships that will last for eternity, that will bring people into the kingdom uh, and will not drive them away. Wise investments. Investing in eternity. All right. The next one. Verse 17. It's an interesting verse. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. What's that? Sounds like a workout program, doesn't it? Exercise. She won't just be sitting around. She will be exercising. She will exercise. She will keep herself fit 
physically. She will keep herself fit spiritually. She will keep herself fit mentally and emotionally. Very important. Doing the hard work. Uh, I think this, she strengthens her, um, what does it say? Which verse is it? Verse 17. She strength, She girds herself. She girds herself with strength. That could mean any kind of strength. Physical, mental, emotional, and physical. She girds herself with strength. And, and you don't become strong by not facing difficulties. She girds herself with strength. And she strengthens her arms. <clears throat> arms are used for many things. Um, I think of hugs, where you, you take people in. You take people in. That's girding herself with strength. But arms are used for many things. All right, let's go on. Number eight. She values her own strengths. Okay, so she girds herself with strength. Now, she doesn't just diss them or talk them down or think negatively about them, but she thinks positively about her strengths. Verse 18, look at that. She perceives that her merchandise is good. I like that. And verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She dresses that way. She, she uh, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. So, so she values, she honors herself. She values her own strengths. She is not negative about herself. All right, number nine, she dresses herself beautifully or with quality. Verse 22, she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. She, she, she doesn't trash herself. She respects herself and dresses accordingly. Uh, number 10, she makes her husband great. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Many a woman has disqualified her husband from ministry and church leadership and, and being influential. But the virtuous woman assists him in his goal. She is such that uh, further qualifies him to be influential. In the gates is the place where the decisions are made. And... and uh, a woman who builds up her husband is, is in, in a place where he can be influential and help with making important decisions. Number 11, she has wise and kind speech. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. That is so precious. A woman who doesn't just speak whatever she feels like saying, but she speaks with wisdom. She seeks the Lord for wisdom. She looks to the Lord for wisdom, and she repeats what she receives from the Lord. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. To me, that's the law of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart 
Love your fellow man. Love your enemies. Love the people who treat you like an enemy. On her tongue is the law of kindness. That is so precious and so beautiful. Thank you for, uh, for being those kinds of uh, women. All right, number 12. She teaches respect. Look at verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Children don't do that naturally. They do that because they're taught to. And her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 13, or number 13, verse 30. She has lasting beauty. Verse 30 says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But the woman, and, and it compares the woman who fears the Lord, compares with the fleeting beauty and a fleeting charm. <clears throat> the, the, the woman who fears the Lord, she has lasting beauty. Lasting beauty. Fourteen, she receives praise. A virtuous woman knows how to take a compliment. Look at verse 28. We just looked at that. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 29, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. She, some, she was being praised, and she received it. Um, verse 30, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Verse 31, give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. A woman, a virtuous woman, knows how to be thanked, to be praised, to receive the reward of her um, being virtuous, knows how to take a compliment. <clears throat> All right, uh, 15th one here, and this is the one I want to really emphasize is she does not give in to fear and worry, but she is confident. Look at verse 21. She is not afraid. The virtuous woman is not afraid. Now here it gives the example of snow and because she's done her best and doing her part. But I think this is a principle that, that is uh, overarching in a virtuous woman. She is not afraid. She does not give in to fear and worry, but she is confident. Now look at verse 30. It says, a woman who fears the Lord. And I want to explain a little bit how a woman that fears the Lord doesn't fear other things. A woman who fears the Lord trusts Him, and so there's no need to fear other things. And look at verse 25 also. She shall rejoice in time to come. She rejoices about the future. She doesn't fear the future. A virtuous woman doesn't fear the future. I like the way the NLT says it. She laughs without fear of the future. The Amplified Bible says it this way. She smiles at the future, knowing that she and her family are prepared. She does not fear the future. And it's not because she is perfect. It's not because her husband is perfect. It's not because her world is perfect. It is because she fears the Lord, and she trusts the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. 
When you fear the Lord, when you fear God, you do what he says. You have a reverence for God and you do what he says. And so you obey in the ways, in the things that he tells you to do. That's what the fear of the Lord does. He tells you to love. You love unconditionally. That's what the fear of the Lord does. And one command that God gives us, and it's probably the most repeated command in Scripture, and that is do not fear. Do not fear. And out of fear of the Lord, we obey the command to not fear. Because of our reverence for God, we obey the command to not give in to fear. In other words, trust him. He says, trust me. I'm going to put these verses up here uh, from 1 Peter. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if they do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, fear of the Lord, the fear of God. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Are not afraid. The woman that fears the Lord will not be afraid. All right? And it's this interesting terminology. Sarah obeyed Abraham. She reverenced him. She had a fear of the Lord. She had a reverence, a reverence for God, a reverence for her husband. And then, whose daughters you are. So who's Abraham? Abraham is the father of what? Yes, he had many sons. He's the father of the children of Israel. But in Scripture, God calls, uh, Abraham is called the father of faith. The father, the faith of Abraham, Abraham, have you heard that before? The faith of Abraham? Okay, he's the father of faith. Okay, so Sarah was right, fit in right with that, and a virtuous woman whose daughters, you are Sarah's daughters, if you are a woman of faith. What's another way of saying faith? Trusting God. And when we trust God, there's no room for fear. There's no need for fear. That's where I'm going with this. Accompanied by fear of God, holy women, women in the past trusted God and were not afraid. This scripture says it so clearly. Jesus speaking, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him, God, who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten by God? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You fear him, do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. 
The woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And I just want to ask this question. What is more beautiful than a godly woman who trusts God completely and doesn't give in to fear, worry, or being controlling because of that fear and worry? Married or unmarried, the virtuous woman who trusts God, fears God, therefore trusts Him and doesn't give in to fear. What a picture of peace. Contentment, radiant joy, being life givers, being prayer warriors, representing the Father well and the heart of God. The church has a shortage of older women like this. Start now. Start now. Who can find a virtuous woman? Godly woman. A woman of valor. All forms of excellence woman. I don't know who can find one, but I know who can make one. And I I know how God does it. God can make you virtuous women even more virtuous. God can do that. When you fear God, when you do what he says, when you love him, you trust him, you refuse to give in to fear. That, that faith is what does it. I just love the way Jesus related with women in Scripture. And uh, the one comes to mind where, who touched the hem of his garment. Um, she reverenced God, but she had a lot of fear too. And he turned around and said, Daughter, be of good comfort or be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your faith, your trust, your your fearing God, your reverence of God, your faith in God enables you to be made well and to go in peace.